0: Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. On this 25th episode, which is uh, pretty cool, Um, it's a nice little benchmark the quarter century, if you will, um, so that's pretty exciting. But for this twenty-fifth uh, podcast, we are going to talk about how to get over destructive perfectionism. So I think, I think as artists, it's it's pretty common, and really as people, um, to to sort of get into this mode where we just we just have to get it perfect. We just have to get it perfect the first time or right the first time. And, you know, nobody, for example, nobody wants to start a business and have the first one fail, right? You say, I want my first business to be my successful business. And we don't like the stories of, you know, how many failures most successful people have had before they had that success. We don't like that. We don't, you know, if we want to write a book, we don't like to think about the fact that um, what my composition teacher taught in college which I really loved which is that your first draft is gonna suck just just embrace it it's just gonna suck and that doesn't really reflect on you as a writer it's just that's that's how it is you have to accept that you just gotta write um and I think it's a tendency especially as an artist that you just want to get it right the first time And I think part of it's an ego thing part of it's just you know you know we we care about what we do right I, I care about my songs I I I want I want them to be just right and you know a part of that sometimes is that perfectionism can come in and there's not necessarily something wrong with perfectionism per se but in certain contexts it can be really destructive so it's 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 good to have high standards um but sometimes a certain level of perfectionism can can really be more of a hindrance than a help sometimes so that's that's sort of what we're going to talk about and really when perfectionism becomes destructive is is when it prevents you from making much or or any progress sometimes because you feel the need to get it right the first time or you refuse to move on to something else until you get something just right and you know this this applies to many aspects of of what we might do as songwriters like it can it can be for songwriting, right? It can be for practicing a song that we've written. You know, there's a certain part maybe, a guitar part or a piano part that we just for some reason mess up every time, um, that we'll just obsess over. Or, you know, it can be in the recording process. You know, you can be recording a lead guitar part or something and you just you just don't get it quite perfect and you do it over and over and over and over again and you refuse to record anything else or work on anything else until you get that take. Or even mixing, right? Sometimes it, 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 can, be, it can be sort of an a obsession, which can be bad because often with mixing you want to kind of go with your gut and just do it. Um, sometimes quick mixes are much better than the ones that take a while um, because sometimes you can start to almost destroy your mix without know, knowing it when you just keep doing more and more stuff that maybe you shouldn't do. Um so obsessing over even the mixing stage can can be can be bad or, or maybe the production stage where where uh, arrangement really where you're deciding what instruments to go in and you just you just can't make up your mind what what you know filler guitar part you want. So so really as a songwriter or musician of any kind like there's so many different levels that this can happen at. And to me, to me, there's really the the two main parts of this destructive perfectionism. There are two main sides to it. And we're going to dive a little bit into both of those. So the first one is the get it right the first time. So you just need to accept you're not going to get it right the first time. Just, just accept it. You know, once in a while, a miracle happens. Milk and honey will rain from the sky. Uh, chocolate milk, obviously. And everyone admires you as a person, as an artist, and the Patriots lose the Super Bowl. And everything is right in the world. But every other day, you're not going to get it right the first time. Happens once in a great while. And so, so I'm a software developer by day. We always joke about how rare it is that something we develop works right the first time. Um, it's, just, it's just so rare that, you know, after you type out the code, um, that it just, it just works and everything's right. And then it goes through QA, um, quality assurance basically. Um, and, and they're like, yep, everything's good. Like, like that just so rarely happens. There's always going to be little bugs and usually you're going to have to tweak it a little bit before you even send it to QA for it to be tested officially. And so it's, it's a joke sometimes that like, if we say, oh, I got it right the first time everybody's like, yeah, Okay. And and that's really how we should feel about it with, with writing, too. And even with, with the blog that, I, that I, do, I do with this podcast. Um, so if, if you don't know, I, there's an accompanying blog every, every week as well with this podcast, usually about the same subject matter. Uh, sometimes the podcast might go a little more in-depth. Sometimes the blog goes a little more in-depth. Um, but um, they sort of are meant to complement each other. And so the the first time I write it, I, I just, I just write like, I just, just word vomit. I don't, I don't stop to worry about whether I worded something right or clearly or anything. I just, I just do it because I know I'm not going to get it right the first time. And a great way to sort of get out of this habit of, of, sort of forcing yourself to get it right the first time, like looking at a blank page because you just won't write the first verse or the chorus until you come up with the perfect lyric in your head, is to utilize an iterative process. And I've talked about this before. I believe it's podcast and blog three about being a multi-threaded songwriter. So check that out if you want more on this. But basically an iterative process is 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 something where... You sort of just embrace that each time you go over the song, you'll make it a little bit better. Um, So it's not putting all the pressure on, like, get it all right the first time. You're saying, all right, first time I'm just going to I'm just going to write word vomit. And you know what? I might have 20 verses and they might all suck. And I might have three different versions of the chorus and they might all be terrible. And maybe I try it in four different keys and have 10 different piano riffs, and one of them's okay. And be okay with that. And then the second run, you know, maybe we write even more verses. Maybe we see some potential in one of those terrible verses that we wrote, or one of the okay verses that we wrote. And then we we sort of tweak it. We, you know, take one line, and I'm like, you know how I can improve that line? Maybe I swap these words around. Or maybe you swap lines because you want you want the imagery before before you sort of reveal what the imagery is about, uh which is usually the way you want to do that um Something I heard it described as is like if you, if you give the image first and then and then next you sort of like give the non symbolic like what you're talking about the symbols sort of the color think of it as color uh sort of goes down into into the next part. So so the image sort of informs um what you say that isn't imagery afterwards whereas if you have the image after it sort of loses that impact. But anyway, um so a, a nice part of this iterative process concept is you're taking pressure off each run through, right? When you're just writing the first time, uh, often what the what causes just looking at a blank screen is is the fact that we have this pressure, like, oh, what's a good first line, right? So if you're thinking about when you wrote papers in college or high school or whatever, you know, often that goes with, you know, the whole like, I don't even know where to start. But that second you you change your mindset to like, just write, don't criticize, don't think about whether what you're saying is stupid or not, just write. Um, That's a good place to be because sometimes gold will come out of that cuz you're not self-editing and sometimes self-editing can be a bad thing cuz you're weeding out some of the creative alleys you might go down and some of those you know m- might seem bad at first but but sometimes that's where you'll you'll sort of be able to take new alleys that that you haven't as an artist before. Whereas if you self-edit yourself, you might end up writing some of the same kind of stuff you've always done, which I'm all for having a uniform sound as an artist. Um, But I think we all definitely want to not be caught in a cycle where all of our songs are the same. Another thing, so so it sort of allows creativity to flow more easily because pressure's off. Instead of thinking, oh, man, before I even type anything or before I even write anything, I need to have a really good line. We're just saying, right, just do it. And then when we're on one of the next stages, we're just saying, all right, let's just read through these lyrics and make them a little bit better. So we're just constantly making it one percent better every time we sit down to write we you know write a little bit more, we might change how lines are written make make them a little more uh have have better imagery maybe we just change the wording around maybe we we decide to take one part of one verse and combine it with another verse because we had two overall kind of not great verses but the first part of one verse was actually pretty good and then the second part of another verse was actually kind of good so we kind of put those together and then we edit one of the lines so each of those things is sort of an iterative thing right like you're just doing one little thing at a time to make it this the, that little bit better so it, it allows you that refining over time which also can help you prevent over refining um because because you're just taking it one step at a time, and at some point you're gonna look at your song and be like, you know what? I don't really need to do anything to make it one percent better. Like this is is great. It's where it needs to be. And it also it, probably the best part is it allows for constant progress rather than being frozen until you come up with perfection. Like there's nothing as a creative or just as a person like when you don't make any progress. That whole like if you sit and stare at a blank page, or maybe a page with lyrics already. Or for anything, really. Anything you work on. And then you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you're like, Ugh, I can't do it. And you didn't get anything done. There's nothing more discouraging than that. It makes you not want to pick up the pen and paper the next day. And that's not what you want to do, right? You want to keep coming back for more. And a good way to do that is to give yourself little wins. And the best way to do that is to do this iterative process where, you know, honestly, there are some days where there's just... Like, for example, right now there's a song I'm working on where I'm pretty happy with most everything except uh, the second chorus in this in this song. Every chorus uh, has different lyrics, has the same melody, but different lyrics. And the second chorus I wasn't very happy with, um, but I love the song overall. But um, a couple of weeks ago, as I was just going through with my iterative process, I came up with a much better first half of the course it's the course is four lines um and I and I, I figured out and really improved the first two lines of it so now I really like that but now the last two lines I still need to work those out because I still don't like those but that's an iterative process right so just the fact it was two lines but I was so happy because well because if you think about it right like just getting two lines closer to there is is a ton right because in your average song you're gonna have two verses a chorus you know because usually you don't have choruses with with different lyrics sometimes you do i like doing that Uh, not all the time but sometimes nice way to mix it up and it can be a little more challenging as a songwriter because now instead of just like verses being the thing that like you have to fit the same melody to different lyrics now you have to do it with a chorus um It can help to keep things interesting, too, because instead of a chorus where you can check out and be like, yes, I like this part, maybe it's the most epic part or most likable part, but I already know what he's going to say. It also, like, it's a familiar melody with new things to say. Um, But, you know, just just me doing those two lines and making two lines of this whole song, which has a lot of lyrics, compared to most songs, this this song has a lot of lyrics, because the choruses there's three choruses with different lyrics there's the two verses three verses and then there's like two bridges a bridge and then there's a what I call a finale which is sort of when like you think the chorus is meant to be the highlight but then there's you take it one step further and that's the finale and it just ends on that super high note and you're like wow um which I'm a big fan of that but anyway so that's that's the beauty of the iterative process is even after those, just those two lines, there's one day that just those two lines I improved. And I thought, wow, what a good writing day. And that might sound silly, but like, it's not, it's, it's a psychological win and it makes me ready to come back the next day. And it will do that for you too. So, uh, the second thing, so we talked about getting it right the first time. So the second one is that refusing to move on until you get something perfect. And this can be true for so many different things. Again, uh, with whether it be recording or writing or or really something not even songwriting, not even about that. You know, it could apply to coding or or other engineering or so many things. Writing a book. Um, so first, just don't do this. Um, it's, it's think think about it like working out, right? So let's say you work out. Or you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I I I gotta work out. There's a reason that the uh the ladies aren't talking to me anymore. So so what you don't do is take two months and do biceps every day. Seven days a week, just biceps. Because you think, alright, I'm gonna perfect my biceps first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go from tiny little biceps. To absolutely ripped biceps, and then I'll spend two months and get my triceps going, and then I'll take two months and get my abs going. Like that's insane, right? Like, like you're probably think that's stupid. Who would do that, right? Even if you know nothing about working out, you probably know that that's stupid, right? There's there's basically two different versions of 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 weightlifting, right? And that's in one workout you do like biceps and then abs and then and then legs and then triceps and chest and then and then you cycle through again right so you do your first bicep exercise and then you do your first tricep exercise and then you do your first all the way through and then you do your second b- that way you give it a little bit of a rest cuz you can't just work on your biceps for you know constantly like you got to you got to change it up you got to give them a break um or Or you do, you know, bicep day or or just arm day. And then you do leg day, um, which so many people infamously skip. Um, You can definitely tell the people that skip leg day. But anyway, um, so so being somebody that won't move on, you know, whether that be on to a different song or to a different part of a song, being that guy, being that, that girl is being the person who you know, just works on their biceps for two, but like, I got to get my biceps ready and perfect before I move on to my triceps. And that's just not going to work. And, and, you know, there's, there's a time and place maybe where you you just got this little bit left on a song, maybe for whatever reason you have pressure to release it soon. So it was, this is the thing you really need to finish. Sure. But for the most part, you really need to give yourself options to 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 be like all right this isn't working today so i'm going to move on to another song i'm going to move on to another part and um i've i've definitely talked about this before as well which is this is sort of going back to that multi-threaded songwriter thing where you have a backlog of songs that you're working on all at once because you know say say you have a song that's sort of dark and about death and then you have another one that's about like the birth of your first child and then you have a a love song for your significant other and then you also have like this this sort of angry song about some bozo that you work with or your boss that you don't like and then you have another song about the other boss that you do like and i don't know And then you have another song about like, wow, you had so much fun dancing and you just want to write this stupid song that doesn't mean anything, that has no deeper meaning, that's just about dancing the night away. Like all of those, depending on your mood, right? Like some days you're just going to be able to write some of those better than others. If you have a depressing song about how somebody left you for somebody else... On a day where you're feeling really happy and like happy go lucky and awesome, like maybe that's a day that you're not going to be able to write that that well, but you might be able to write that song about your your new beautiful child on that day because you're happy and you're like, man, I just I love I love I love my daughter so much. This is so awesome, and and you're just feeling it, and you're you're smiling while you're writing about how beautiful she is and how much how much you just you just love your new kid. And, you know, th- that's going to happen depending on your your mood, depending on your creative mood. There's going to be some days where it's easier to write certain songs and other days where it's easier to write uh, different songs. And being a multi-threaded songwriter, having many songs that you're working on at once is what's going to help you do that. You don't want to be the person that's, that's, that's just like, no, I need to finish this one song. And this one song is the thing I'm going to work on tonight. Like, no, sort of follow the flow and, and, and even adapt, you know, even within one songwriting session, say you're taking two hours to write today, like change it up, you know, write, Do that iterative process going through the, what you have written on a song a couple of times, maybe see what you can tweak, make better. And then, the second your creative juices are kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't know anything more to do on this song. I know it's not right, but like you know i I don't really know what else to do. Don't give up right away, but maybe at some point when you're like, "Okay, I think I've officially hit the wall for this song. That doesn't mean you've hit the wall creatively in general, maybe you just need to go to another song and and you need to be able." You know, even if it's recording, you know, if you're recording a guitar part, you need to be able to like accept that sometimes you're not you're not going to get something perfect before you can move on. You you got to just move on, and you just got to be fluid and 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 allow yourself to sort of pivot. That way, you can maximize your time and effort. You know, you don't want to spend three hours being like, no, I must write this tragic love song. On a day that you're just not feeling any of the emotion you can't even get yourself to that emotional spot where you can write anything that feels genuine, then don't force it. go write another song, go work on another song. don't be afraid to take a break, even so you know so- some days it's just it's just not gonna work, and you've heard before I think I even talked about it last week you gotta write right when you feel like it right when you don't feel like it you got to build up the skill and not rely on luck you know you can't rely on the muse you, you you get an inspiration to strike you have to learn to write with or without it because it's a skill that being said there's still going to be days that it just isn't working and that's fine accept that. Maybe that's your chance to, you know, practice the piano a little bit. Maybe that's your chance to work on recording a song and, or, or maybe that's your chance to, to go watch a TV show with your significant other who, you know, the last three nights you've been songwriting too much and, and you haven't spent as much time with them as you should. So go ahead and go do that. So to recap, It's good to have standards, but perfectionism can be sometimes more of a hindrance than a help. And the two ones you really need to watch out for is making sure to get it right the first time, which is not a good thing. Don't do that. And the way to fix that is to use that iterative process where you sort of just refine it a little bit at a time where you... You just allow yourself to just write at first and don't be so so critical, just, just one step at a time. And then the second thing being refusing to move on until something's perfect, also destructive. And again, a way to fix that is with my, my concept on multi-threaded songwriting, where you have many songs at once that, that you're working on, so you have many different options. So depending on your creative mood, you can sort of pivot from one song to the other. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 Proven Ways to Start Writing a Song at songwritertheory.com freeguide Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.